Off the Ball Daily. A home for your favourite podcasts from Off the Ball. It's much easier to be a, a reasonable parent when it's sunny. Like, I don't care what anybody says, but if we lived in Australia, I'd be super dad. <laughs> <laughs> Subscribe to the Off the Ball Daily podcast feed right now. OCB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now. Nathan Murphy, live from Athens. Good morning to you. How are you? Oh, he's croaky. That red wine was had. Actually, it was a bit croaky there now. It was a bit croaky. I was, well, I've just been uh, downstairs having a bit of a row with the uh, receptionist. As I had the most beautiful Athenian shot lined up. The rooftop bar, the Acropolis in the background, and he won't open the door for me. Oh, no. And did you not? I mean, I'm... Well, you had arranged this last night. We had, arra- we had arranged this last night, and I, uh, I, I gave it the big one, and he said, no. Do you know so when you go on an away trip, Shane, and you, you know, things, you've been out for a few drinks the night before, you know, things are getting away from you a little bit, and then you come up with this cock and bull story while you're sat behind, like, oh, an, actually, a I wish, I wish my life was that background. exciting. Could you not I have am. said, could you not have said, do you know who, do you know who I am? I, I, do, do, I sat assume in bed you didn't say that? I sat in bed watching the golf. It was as exciting as it got last night. Uh, with, with Greek commentary? No, no, somehow, uh, remarkably, the Sky Go works in Greece. All right. I mean, maybe we shouldn't be talking about this. Sort of <laughs> no, it works just fine. I don't know how the uh, this was no illegal stream or anything. It's uh, yeah, most enjoyable. Um, and Rory is going to continue to shoot the lights out without ab- any question whatsoever, and there'll be no bumps in the road, and he'll get business done. Well, there was a bump in the road on eighteen, but listen, he held yeah. the putt, so he limited the damage. Oh, it's a tasty looking leaderboard already, isn't it? Oh, it looks it looks class. What well, is there? Uh, we were sort of half joking about earlier on that you know this he would. If if uh, regular form is to be followed through today, will be will be a bumpy ride, and it may even be an overpower score, and then he'll chase hard into the weekend and come up just short. Um, is that how you expect this to play out? Or are you seeing something different from him? Uh, no, I think he's been playing some consistent golf over the last couple of weeks. The big concern was his wedge play that just seemed to be way off. But you look at how he's driving, like that drive on the first hole last yeah. night. Uh, oh. A lot of this drive of the day. And it was just his walk afterwards. There seemed to be something there of, yes, yes, it's going to happen for me this week. I don't think anyone knows how they're going to react. You touched on that Schauffele, uh and Fowler you know, set a new U.S. Open record. This is meant to be the toughest test of the year at the U.S. Open. So how do they react? Like It's a very fun golf course. It's a brilliant golf course to watch. But was it too easy for them yesterday? So do they react and do they overreact and make it too difficult and turn it into a bit of a lottery? Peter Laurie was on Golf Weekly saying he wouldn't be surprised if he saw low score, high score, low score, high score, that that would be the sort of rhythm of it. So I think the score doesn't really matter for McElroy. It's playing to whatever the level of the course is and sticking within three, four shots heading into the weekend. As you say, not just bombing out and having a disaster of a day, but you can look at some of the scores yesterday. It is that type of golf course. But I think he's probably going to be there uh, for the long haul. Yeah, and unlike yourself, uh, who has uh, just taken a call and uh, disappeared off our screens. But well, I'm back. If you could tell on. News Talk to stop calling me, that'd be great. <laughs> Let her roar there, Kathleen. Let her roar. The, uh, Ricky Fowler, Nathan, that's the... that's the. Obviously, if you don't get an Irish winner, it would be a nice one. 173rd in the, in the year, just a, in the rankings just a year ago, and hasn't qualified for the last two US Opens, but absolutely tore it up yesterday. Yeah, he's back this year. He's been playing very well this mm. year and has shown a bit of form. I don't think anyone saw this coming yesterday. Um, 
probably least of all Ricky Fowler. But yeah, Fowler is still one of those golfers, despite his drop in his rankings. Uh, I think he's probably still one of the 10 most famous golfers in the world. He's somebody who people instantly recognize. And it's a long time since he contended. He had that run of finishing second in all the majors. Uh, so Fowler, Shoffler is a US Open expert, but I think Scheffler is the one. The putter looks to be working. So right now, I think you'd have probably Scheffler favorite, Rory second. Now, um, let's get yes. into the action tonight. Um, full selection, players back from injury. We've one of the hottest properties in the Premier League in a position that we've been begging for some quality in over the last few years. Um, stars kind of a lining in relation to this one um, we're playing against a team that are marginally below us in the uh, world rankings um, and we are set up for a win here <laughs> Whew. Uh, what makes you say that <laughs> the factors that I've the, the factors that I've just mentioned I, it's it's we've we've got to be leading to a point where uh, I'm not saying that tonight is a gimme if we do win it'll certainly be by not much of a margin uh, you could easily make the argument that a draw is a good result but and there is a big but here. We uh, the latter factor, particularly around Evan Ferguson, surely uh, a you know a win tonight has to be something that Stephen Kenny is uh, thinking about and talking about. Uh, you're correct on both accounts. He is thinking it, and he is talking about it. Um, it's one of those games to use the John Giles to take each game in its merits. A draw could be a good result depending on what type of game it is. And generally away from home against a country like Greece, you'd probably take your traditional Irish one-all draw. But Stephen Kenny needs something. He needs a win in one of these games. He's had a lot of very strong performances going right back to the Slovakia uh, playoff, Serbia, Portugal, Ukraine, and hasn't actually been able to get that victory. And, I think the jury is very much out on Kenny at the moment that uh, people recognize the work he's done in bringing through all these young players. And so many of them are still incredibly young when you look at the age profile of this squad. But they need to start backing it up with being able to seal the deal. So there's a bit of momentum after the French performance, not the result, but the fact that actually Ireland stood up to France and were able to go and express themselves in parts of that game. Now they need to follow it up because the whole thing sort of opens up if they could get a victory tonight. You follow it up against Gibraltar and suddenly anything you get then in September against France or the Netherlands is an absolute bonus. So I think tonight he will be going out to win the game. I hope his team selection reflects that. And I still think it'll be a very tight game, as you said. These ones always, always are. They're two sides who you never feel are going to score four or five goals in a match. I know uh, a lot of the, the papers have gone with the lovely photos of Evan Ferguson and Michael Abafemi, a little bit of a bromance blossoming in the team hotel over the last couple of days, Nathan. But it appear, well, certainly from a couple of the newspapers this morning, suggested lineups or predicted lineups. Adam Eda may be the favourite option alongside Evan Ferguson, possibly. Do you think he's going to lean that way? There's quite a few possibilities as to what he does up front. Like, does he go with a two? And is it Eda and Ferguson? And then if it is Eda and Ferguson, what way do they work? Likewise with Obafemi. You look at Ferguson when he's played with Brighton and quite often it's been Danny Welbeck and Welbeck might be the one who drops that little bit deeper and Ferguson might stay up if they're playing as the two. I think you want to have Ferguson as your most advanced player. I know his link-up play is is very strong and at times for Brighton when they're playing against the better teams he does have to drop into midfield to get himself involved. But I think, you know, as Adrian was saying, we've got an 18-year-old superstar. You want to get him in positions where he can score goals and the last thing you want is him having to drop deep to supply a Michael Obafemi. I think that will be a clear sign that he wants to go and win this game, that by playing two of them up front, up top, he loves Ida. Like, it's remarkable the journey we've been on with strikers over the last 18 months where we thought Adam Ida was it. Adam Ida is the future. He's going to be our guy for the next five years. Then we have the game against Scotland last year and it's Parrot and Obafemi up front and we go, whew, 
we've got a strike partnership here that's going to see us through the next five years. And then Evan Ferguson arrives. And, well, he's probably going to see us through the next 20 years is what we're hoping. But the other options is he just goes with Ferguson up front by himself and then has the support, he hopes, from a Jason Knight, from Mikey Johnson, that the midfield gets up there and helps him. But he does have those options. Obafemi obviously hasn't played a huge amount. Ede has been getting back into it without scoring too many goals for Norwich. But since day one, from the under-21s up, Kenny has loved Adam Ida. So they've had 10 days together in that warm weather training camp in Turkey. They've been able to try things. They've had 11 v 11 games. So maybe he saw enough there from Ida as he returned to fitness. And saw the two of them together to go, actually, these two, double trouble up top, can cause a lot of hassle for a Greek defence. Like I know you talk about the Welbeck going a bit deeper. We've seen um, Ferguson do a little bit of that for Brighton as well. Like, How can you try and... What's the best scenario for us to try and replicate that Brighton situation where how often do you see him, whether he's playing deep or not, ghosting into the box, totally un, unmarked, he's playing off his shoulder, he's playing, uh, taking a little run that nobody's spotted and suddenly he's in space in the box and the ball's in the back of the net. That's the situation we need to create for him. I think it's so difficult to, <laughs> for Ireland to try and replicate what Brighton does just because we don't have the same quality of player. All right, we can maybe have a threat down the wings with Odauda and Doherty in the way that they do with Estepunian at left back. We don't have a player like Nciso. Maybe Mikey Johnson is the closest who can bring the ball down to the byline. And that's where, as you say, Evan Ferguson just sort of goes in there, doesn't need to sprint frantically, just uh, drops in behind a lead attacker. But I, I don't think you can replicate what Brighton do, the speed at which they attack, the quality that they have in midfield. Um, I think Ireland need to go about their game plan their own way. It'll be interesting to see how much of the ball they have tonight. Like the Greeks, it's not Greece of 2004. They are happy to get on the ball to try and dominate it a bit in midfield. Ireland have generally looked quite good on the counter-attack, which sort of goes against the whole Stephen Kenny ethos and what we thought it would be of Ireland dominating the ball home and away. Um, so can Ireland get enough possession, I think, to feed and to create chances? And like Ireland have created a lot of chances under Stephen Kenny. The problem is they generally haven't taken them. Mm. Judging by my um, my phone's weather app, it looks like you're going to have a lovely day in uh, in Athens, Nathan. Twenty nine degrees highs, and then, but Paul, Paul O'Hare was kind of playing down the, the weather situation. I know the lads had the the team had the, the warm weather training camp in, in Turkey over the last week or so. But um, by kickoff time, it looks like it'll be about twenty four degrees. Like, is it is it muggy? Is it like will the players feel that at that muggy. time? Or is that, yeah, okay, muggy. If it's like yesterday, so today it does feel a bit warmer. Uh, just been out for a walk around this morning, and yesterday. Uh, it was hotter in Dublin when I left, to be honest. Uh, it was cloudy. It was overcast. And by the time the game kicks off, which remember is 10 o'clock local time here, 10 o'clock here last night, it was nice. You would mm. sit outside and have a drink, no problem. But you wouldn't be worried about playing a football match. And in fact, you'd love those sort of conditions. So I don't think the weather is going to be an issue at all. And the fact they've had this warm weather training camp uh, should, should work in their favor. The only issue is the fitness factor in that last half an hour. Like John Egan hasn't played in nearly six weeks. Uh, Dar O'Shea if he selects him which I think the jury's probably out as to whether it'll be O'Shea or Lenehan like those players that have had very little game time Matt Doherty you know Matt Doherty I was looking there at Matt Doherty's stats remarkable started 27 league games in the last three seasons like nine games a season like he's in one way you could say he's used to not playing a lot of football and been able to turn up and uh, perform for Ireland but with him having played 20 minutes in the last six months like in a game like this where it is going to be incredibly competitive it's going to be tight does that count against you? And I don't know if any amount of warm weather training in 10 days can replicate what these players really need, which is first-team football. 
most of the team selections across the back pages this morning are going for O'Shea, Egan and Collins across the back, Doherty and O'Dada wide. Uh, just it, like uh, on that, in the seven games across the last year since the Scotland win, we've had one clean sheet against Malta. Decent opposition, obviously. Also some bang average opposition. What's going on there and how do we start to draw a line under that? Uh, we need clean sheets. Well, we need to draw a line on some sort of a wall on the edge of the penalty area to stop people shooting from 30 yards and just mm-hmm. finding its way into the back of the net, which is uh, where so many of the goals that Ireland have conceded have come from, that it's not teams cutting us apart with incisive play where they've uh, been dis- a disorganised shambles. It's been standing off people from 25, 30 yards out and letting them have shots. And, you know, often those goals have come in second halves. Again, I do wonder if there's a bit of fatigue, a lack of game time for players that they just drop off ever so slightly. So when you look at defensively like you look at those three who you say uh O'Shea Collins Egan like a rock solid defense Dar O'Shea hasn't played since the France game mm. he's been injured since then so that's why that'll be a key selection and do not be surprised if Dar Lenahan starts uh in that back three ahead of Dar O'Shea I like, I don't think there is a problem defensively I just think they're conceding like the XG I think is off the charts in terms of Ireland conceding far more than they actually should because of the quality of goal. But it can't be a coincidence that they concede that many goals uh, from outside the box. Uh, this is a Greek team that you just would associate with scoring long-range goals. Their manager was a player who used to score uh, brilliant long-range goals. Uh, they do have some attacking threat, in, even to the extent like the top goal scorer in the Dutch league is probably going to be sitting on the bench tonight uh, for Greece. So they do have a good quality of player. The other thing for Greece tonight, and Gus Poye, I'm sure it's in all the papers, you know, saying this is a must-win game for either of these sides if they want to finish inside the top two. They have that backup of a playoff. It's guaranteed. They are in League C. They won their league, so they're guaranteed a playoff. It's not quite as straightforward for Ireland. So does that mean they're going to tonight totally pressure off in a positive or a negative? I'm not quite sure. Mm. Well, a score prediction before we let you off? <sighs> I usually say 1-1 in these. I'm going to go 2-1 Ireland. I'm with you. Positivity, I love it. Good man. Evan Ferguson, two goals. This is the start of a beautiful thing. Right now to leave us on. Good man. OCB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now.